0: You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hi everyone, this is Tess, and you're listening to The Treatment Room. Today I am diving into the second part of my solo episode, and the first episode, and I Encourage you to go back and listen to that one first before you listen to this one. In that episode, I'm talking about everything that happened in my career before I found aesthetics. So, aesthetics is something I found a little bit later in life. It was a second career for me and something that was a passion. That came about very organically after spending years working in magazines and alongside beauty editors and seeing a lot of different products um, come through and come across our desks. Aesthetics was something I pursued because I wanted to know a bit more about what we were recommending and what effects these products would actually have on the skin. So it took a real passion for understanding ingredients to – kind of influenced me to go to school and try something else. So in that episode, I talked about how I had a really keen interest in products from a very young age, and how my interest in beauty was actually piqued by the drugstore, which is kind of funny. I know a lot of estheticians look down on drugstore products, myself included. I just don't think the ingredients are the best, and there tends to be a lot of cheap synthetics and fillers and very little active ingredients. But funny enough, a lot of us find our love for beauty and skincare at the drugstore, So in this episode, I'm going to talk about how I actually went to esthetician school, what prompted me to do that, and how I secured my first jobs as an esthetician. So I will just take you guys through it all where we left off in the last episode. I had run into a coworker who happened to be a beauty editor at the media company I worked at at the time, E! News, and she had told me to check out this spa. i never had a facial before, really didn't know what it entailed, but I just thought it sounded like a fun thing. I was really into skincare and I booked this facial. So... I ended up going to the Tata Harper Spa and meeting this esthetician. I walked into the room and I will never forget the feeling that came over when I entered the room. This is something that I think is really interesting for future estheticians to note because it's it's something we set up every day and it becomes our little work home we see all the time. Sometimes we forget that this is almost like a little sensory deprivation thing for people. They're leaving their jobs and their cell phones aside for a few minutes, and they're entering a room where they're totally disconnected from their whole lives and everything that came before before they walked into your room. So the music, the scent of the room, the atmosphere, the vibe, it's all really important, and I don't think it should be underestimated. I walked into this room. It was super clean. The sheets were really crisp there was little fairy lights and the smell of essential oils so it was very inviting and I just remember laying down under the covers and eventually my first facial started and this person let's call her Emily she started massaging products into my skin and washing my face and this is something I would never had another person do. Another thing Lauren and I like to touch on is this vulnerable state where you have someone else touch your skin for the first time. So people who are coming to your spa for their first ever facial, you have to remember it's kind of a, a strange sensation and the more guidance and overview you can provide them with ahead of time the better because they don't know what to expect but I was just lying there loving every second. This girl Emily was probably, I don't know if I was annoying, but I i had an interest in everything she was doing. She had a really incredible bedside manner. She had an answer for everything. I wanted to know what ingredients were being used in literally every product she brought out. I wanted to know what the products did I wanted to know everything and what, how certain ingredients performed. I was just so enamored and so in love with the whole experience. So I left that room and I remember going to the checkout counter and I had, I had talked to this girl, Emily's ear off the entire time. I had never even known this career existed. I asked like, what, what is it that you're even called? Or Are you a, facial person like I had no idea she was like I'm an esthetician it's it's actually something you go to school for she was from Hawaii and she had gotten her license there and I just thought whoa a school you go to to learn about skincare ingredients like that sounds like heaven sign me up so she knew I was super interested in everything that had just happened and I walked out to check out and I remember she said to her coworker, We might have a new esthetician on our hands someday. And I just remember being like so excited by the thought of that. And I really did leave that spa feeling so different. And I just thought it would be incredible if I could take the feeling that Emily gave to me and put it in someone else. I just thought that would be something really special, so I went back to E and kind of went back to my day-to-day, my going through the motions and, you know, the desk life, and I just, I couldn't get over this facial. I kept thinking about it, and I kept looking at my skin and how my pores had almost disappeared, and I... Was just really enamored. So, going back to that world, it was almost just like clinging on to that little spark of magic and just not getting it from my current environment. So, I didn't know what I had to do to get there, but I just had that feeling where something wasn't wasn't quite right. And in my previous episode, I talked about this idea of your highest good and how I was feeling just kind of flat. I wasn't feeling like I was doing something for anyone else. And I think especially for people who are empaths and, Have That sense of needing to help someone you almost feel really dulled when you're not doing it and you're not doing something that's creatively fulfilling and you're not doing something for someone else. So I ended up putting in my notice. And I had a very lucky opportunity to come back home and work for my family business, which is what I actually do part-time now. I think a lot of you may not know that if you found me through Instagram or YouTube. It's something I don't really show a lot of because it's really not something super interesting to show through vlogging, and it's not something I think a lot of you would be interested in. Um, but I do work in residential real estate part-time and I had the opportunity to work for my family while I kind of figured out my next steps. And I know not everyone has that luxury of quitting a job and having something else that they can have. Um, for income. And luckily I did have that support and I was able to start looking at schools while I was working for my family. So I went on a Google rampage and a Yelp rampage and I started looking into schools. About that time was when Stagecoach was coming about and I really love country music, so that was something I wanted to go to. So I ended up going to the Stagecoach Festival, and at this festival, I ended up talking to a little group of girls. I feel like girls don't always mingle at festivals. Sometimes people kind of just stick to their friend group, but... I ended up sitting down, down next to this group of girls, and they had this really warm, inviting aura about them. <laughs> Lauren and I have talked about this in our first episode, but this is how we actually met. I started talking to Lauren, and she is someone you just, you talk to, and you feel like you've known her your whole life. I don't know if this is just her nature, the the fact that she has worked in hospitality, but she just gives off the best vibes and always makes you feel included. She's super inclusive, and I really love that about her. So we started talking about what we do. I said, oh, I had worked at E. She was like, oh my gosh, I I follow them on Instagram. The captions are so witty. It was like, yeah, that was my team. And she was like, oh, so cool. I... I work in hospitality now, but I'm actually an esthetician. And I was like, I know what that is. Like, how do you like it? And she was like, it is amazing. It's unlike any other job. She started. We started talking about products and ingredients and it was almost just another little sign that I was encountering someone else from this world. It's almost like when you've never heard a word your entire life, and then you you hear it for the first time, and then you can't stop hearing it. So Lauren had told me about her, her journey as an esthetician, and I just thought that was really cool, and it was something that kind of bonded us, and I kept it in my memory. And Lauren and I started a little group chat, and we ended up – meeting up the next day at Stagecoach, and then just spending the entire festival weekend hanging out. Us, these two random girls with different friend groups, we all just kind of meshed together. And it was it was just one of those meetings where sometimes you meet somebody and they're just kind of meant to be in your life. Like you just immediately recognize their heart and their warmth and their soul. And I feel like Lauren and I were just like love at first sight kind of friends. So I'm so lucky to have her in my life, and we ended up keeping that group chat going, texting almost every day, and we made a promise to go to Stagecoach the next year, the next year together. Um, but back to where I was in the story. I'm sorry, I'm jumping all around. I left the festival went back to my normal life working for my family and I texted Lauren because I had this idea about going to esthetician school and I didn't know if I should take the leap. It was me kind of like looking over a cliff and teetering on this edge. I didn't know what I would do with the career and I hadn't completely given up on my hopes and dreams for myself in the corporate world. I think that was something I was really kind of fighting an internal battle. I felt like if I were to start over, I would be throwing away everything I'd worked for. So all the free internships I had grinded for (laughs) in fashion, working in New York, taking subways, dropping off dresses in the pouring rain, shoveling freezing cold water out of basements for free, to driving all over LA, rushing to pick up diamonds for celebrities for certain events, to writing blog posts for free, and spending a whole summer interning for a magazine where all I did was spend my gas money and my lunch money and my time um, working for to to have the name on the on my resume, or so I thought, so I was really hesitant to throw away all those little stepping stones that had got me to these jobs where I was honestly really, really proud to have held the titles I had at those jobs. And if I were to start over as an esthetician, I didn't know what my friends would think, what my family would think. Was my whole degree in college a waste if I were to just go to a trade school where I didn't need all that and start over? So it was a big question to me. But Lauren was a big impetus for encouraging me to look at schools. So I looked online. I used Yelp, honestly, because I didn't know any estheticians in my area. The only estheticians I'd ever met were this girl, Emily and Lauren. So I found two online. The first was a private school and the second was a public school. So I first started with the private school and it was a beautiful facility and it, it seemed pretty top-notch The problem for me was having that financial meeting going over all the expenses, and I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm not a big fan of going into debt for school, especially for a secondary education, and if you're not entirely sure if it's what you want to do. I think it's a big burden to have thousands of dollars of school debt. And for me, it wasn't a risk I was willing to take. It would basically mean draining my entire savings and bank account to go to this school. So I left that meeting really discouraged. And they kept following up and, you know, offering different ways I could pay it off. And I felt pretty conflicted. So I knew there had to be another way. And I found this school. It was called Skyline, and I set up a tour. The staff was super friendly and really encouraging, and I just got a good feeling. And I'm somebody who totally believes in signs and all these little things. And a lot of times, I make decisions off of feelings. And um, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it's it's the way I've kind of always moved through life. So this other school, I'd felt even the little things like parking really stressing me. And although it was a little closer, it was very hard to get to the parking for the school was going to be expensive. I would have to keep moving it. All these little things just kind of felt like roadblocks that were kind of disjointed. And when I went to Skyline, it was a little bit farther to get to, but It was right by the ocean, something I really, really love. And every day I would pass the Pacific Ocean on my drive to school. I would pass through Redwoods, and it just gave me a really soothing reassurance. I got to this school, and it almost looked like a mini Chapman where I had gotten my undergrad. It was a beautiful campus, very new, very sleek And I just couldn't believe this was a community college. I met with the advisor and I got to see the spa. I got to walk through the halls and see my classroom. I had a whole list of questions I asked on the tour. If you guys are interested in seeing those questions I asked on my tour, I have a whole YouTube video dedicated to it. You can just look it, look up Test Zolly questions to ask on your esthetician school tour, and you will find it. Anyhow, I left that tour feeling really good, and I was encouraged that this was the next step I would want to take. The only problem was the class was really filling up. It was very affordable. At the time, I didn't even know I could apply for financial aid, and that was going to cover almost everything. So My schooling in total after financial aid, I only ended up paying about $1,000 for the supplies, which was really, really doable. So the advisor had told me I had been waitlisted, and this was just another little source of anxiety for me, but I think it did happen for a reason, because I think it made me realize how much I really wanted to take this leap. And I would follow up every week with this advisor while it was summer, and I would ask if any movements had been made. And she basically ended up telling me, come on the first day. There's a chance you'll get in. Just show up and see if the teacher will let you. So I did this, and by some miracle, I made the cut I got in the class and I couldn't believe it everything was kind of starting to come together and all of a sudden I had these plans to go to a school four days a week so I went after my regular nine to five I left actually about four o'clock <laughs> so I worked from about nine to 345 four o'clock and then I would leave for school. And I was at school until 10:15 p.m. So, in the state of California, where we are required to have 600 hours to be eligible to take the state board licensing exam, and I also have a whole video ded- dedicated to state board. If you want to hear about my experience, you can look up Tess Ollie State Board Exam, and you'll find it. But Back to school. I started school, and it was just a completely different experience for me. It was people of all walks of life, all different ages, all different races, and we all had this one thing in common. We were all really interested in skincare. Some people wanted to do makeup, some people were more interest, interested in waxing, some people wanted to start businesses, some people just wanted to work for someone and like what they did and some people were moms and this was the first time they were getting a college education and they were really excited to have something to call their own. So, it was just a really mixed bag, but at the end of the day, we were all bound by one common thing. And it was really powerful for me because I didn't have friends who appreciated it on the same level. So I think one of the coolest things about school is being surrounded by people with your passion. And it's the opportunity to ask everyone literally anything what they liked about it, what they wanted to do after school, what their plans were for the future. And for myself, I knew I had this interest, but I was still fighting this internal battle, not knowing if it was okay to take the leap and okay to give myself permission to start something completely new. I had looked online Everywhere. I had looked for somebody who was an esthetician going through school who had a change of heart and was trying this for the first time. I couldn't find her, but I did see some little pieces of school vlogs. I saw people like Celeste Rodriguez, Narita Joy, Shani Darden, Renee Rouleau on social media, and I I wanted to somehow aspire to their level, but it seemed like they had always known what they wanted to do, and I kind of felt inadequate. So I ended up picking up a camera. It was actually my iPhone, and I started documenting my own journey. So I didn't have anything fancy. It was just a little iPhone iPhone 6 probably. And I started just documenting my journey. I would document me getting ready for school, me at school, me in the spa room, giving facials, me in class. And I just wanted to show people what I was doing. I didn't even think of this idea of having a quote-unquote niche audience would manifest in what it is now, which to me is one of the best parts of my life. It's something I wake up and the first thing I want to do is check my messages and see if I have any messages from people on Instagram or YouTube because the ones I do get really, really like shake me to my core in the best way they're so heartwarming and to hear that that I have influenced somebody in some way really lights me up because I remember that feeling of being influenced by someone else so it almost makes me feel like I'm doing exactly what I set out to do which is give back that feeling that somebody once gave me in the treatment room so I started vlogging and in school it's you know, it's a little bit easier to do when you have an established audience and you can say, oh, I have, you know, 3,000 followers, whatever it may be. But I had no one watching. I think my boyfriend at the time was the only one like really watching these videos. My, My extended family, I had sent out an email saying I was starting this vlog channel and would everyone subscribe. But in school, it was a little bit weird. Like, people were a little put off, people don't always want to be in your videos. I was kind of that, I don't want to say weird girl, but I was just a little different. This, I was a different, um, I had a different (laughs) agenda, I guess, than a lot of people there. And I guess that can be a little bit off putting, especially when you're putting a camera in people's faces. But I knew it was, it had a purpose and it could help educate others in some way. And even though I didn't really fit in the box, knowing that I could serve a higher purpose and bring value to someone else, even if I didn't totally know the potential of it yet, it was what kept me going and what kept me picking up my camera, even if it put people off. So I started doing that and little by little, I would get, Comments and I still remember all of the names of people who started following me and engaging with me in the beginning. Now they're like really solid friends I talk to on a regular basis. But at the time, I really appreciated those people who took an interest in me when there's so much out there on the internet. So if you are thinking of starting a page of any sort or a channel or a podcast, I really encourage you to do it, even if you don't know. How it will all unfold? Just start. Start with what you have, and it's really important to engage with those people who are consuming your content. At the time, I would Snapchat every time I uploaded a video. I would send all of my subscribers my new my new video because I didn't have enough of a following for people to um, to ask them to get alerts yet. So it was almost my little way of sending out like an a subscription notification. So any way I could, I was slowly building this organic audience, asking questions, doing little giveaways with little products I had, um, and just doing whatever I could to give back to the people who were sweet enough to consume my content. So anyway, let's get back to school. It was about Let's let's cut to the end, kind of the um, the segue out of school. So we were starting to think about graduating, and I had met this girl, Jackie. She's a, she's a very close friend of mine. She owns Glow and Go Lash, but at the time we were just two esthetician students, and I felt. A little bit overwhelmed. It was the same feeling I had when I was graduating my undergrad. I, I've always been nervous about kind of taking that next step and making a decision for myself. So I asked Jackie, I was like, are you as lost as I am? Do you even know what you want to do when you get out of school? And Jackie, I love her so much because she's so young. She's about 22 years old and she has such courage of conviction. She doesn't really waver. She's really strong headed. And I love that about her. So she was like, yeah, I have a whole business plan. I want to start a lash business. And this is how I'm going to make it accessible. These are the services I'm going to provide. This is what the branding is going to look like. And I was just like, whoa, okay, this girl has it all figured out. And I think that was almost the push I needed to tell myself, it's okay to try something. It's okay to accept that you love skincare. And while in school, I didn't even know if it was okay to pick just one thing. I thought you kind of had to be a master of all. And I didn't know there was validity in being a master of one and choosing a niche that you have a real sincere interest in. And me, for me, it's always been facials specifically. I love facial massage. I love... Introducing home care. I love different modalities and just making a difference on the skin, whether it be through lymph drainage or peels or extractions. I love seeing the whole process unfold. So at that point, I started to give myself permission to do what I loved. And I was getting out of school and I had this idea to email the company where I would gotten my first facial. It was the reason I had gone back to school and I thought I have to reach out because I'd really love to work there one day. So... What did I do? I used my strategy that has always worked that I talked about in my previous episode, and this is the art of the informational interview. It is a non-assuming way of getting in touch with someone at the company you want to work for and just asking to learn more without any expectation. So I ended up reaching out to this company and asking if I could simply meet them for coffee sometime. I think a lot of people assume that these companies get a lot of emails, a lot of these types of requests for meetings. I don't think they get as many as you would expect because a lot of people are too lazy or too scared. So I asked for this and I got an immediate response. We set up a little coffee date and I ended up meeting this person. She was really cool and down to earth and I told her, I didn't have my license yet, but I really, really wanted to work for this company. And it was what had influenced my path. So I actually got lucky enough and she, she really liked me. She said, would you be open to the idea of working at our spa on the retail side? And then maybe when you get your license, we could segue you into the spa. So after I graduated And this is what I did. So I I technically still had my family job and I took on this job. It did include working weekends and some late hours, but it was the first esthetician opportunity. And not having any experience in the field, sometimes you make little sacrifices to get your start in the industry and get your foot in the door. So I took this opportunity. So it was a little bit humbling after graduating and making a decent salary to go back to retail. It was a little bit humbling, but it was what I had to do. Um, And I saw myself winning in the long term. I think this job was super valuable because it taught me how to interact with people. We were literally mandated to greet everyone who walked through the door and ask how we could help them. So I got really good at talking to people. It helped build my confidence and it helped to show me if you can sell the solution and not the product That's how you win. So you want to understand people's problems so you can help them. And it doesn't have to be overly salesy. I think if you could just be yourself and engage in genuine conversation, I think that is the way to succeed. And if you're nervous, I think a lot of times the nerves... In talking to people, come from thinking you have to project a certain image and you don't. You have to just be yourself. And that's, and even if you're nervous, it's okay to say you're nervous, but that is where I got comfortable really selling product. And I think it's really helped me to understand how to advise on home care now and how to have the solid understanding that. Home care and retail in the spa business is something that's not just for your monetary benefit, but it's something you need to do to provide your client with to give them the results they expect and want in coming to you. So you're really doing them a disservice if you don't recommend product. So I had started at this company and I liked it a lot, Um, but I was really just working retail. I was Gaining a vast product knowledge, we had over a 100 lines in the store, so it was a lot to know, but I have a pretty good memory, and it was a way I started understanding ingredients and kind of memorizing products so that I could be a more effective salesperson. So the main conflict with this job was that there were five estheticians and just one room. So I felt out of place. I felt uh, I didn't feel right trying to take their spot when they had worked there longer than I had. They were seasoned estheticians with regular clientele. I didn't feel right competing with them and stepping on toes to be in the treatment room. So while I was at Credo, I did happen to be giving little mini facials to people who would walk in into the spa. So we would do a basic cleanse, a little toning mask, and Moisturizer situation. So, this one person came in and we ended up talking about skincare. I asked if she got regular facials and she said, Yeah, I actually go to this place called Derma Plus. This woman couldn't say enough nice things about it. She said it had really changed her skin and it was the only place she would go to facials in the city. So, I kept this in mind. I was kind of interested in other spas in the area. And that weekend, I happened to talk to one of my girlfriend's partners. Um, and most guys don't necessarily know what an esthetician is or what a facial is. But I was talking to this guy, and he asked what I did. I said I was an esthetician. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I know what that is. I just got my first facial at Plus. And it was that recurring thing of hearing a word once, and then having it come up a bunch of times. So, it started to become a theme. I kept hearing the word Dermaplus, and I just thought, this must be, this must be the place. Everyone seems to be talking about this place, Dermaplus. So, of course, I sent an email, and I ended up setting up another informational interview at Dermaplus. And... I walked in and I was met by this spa owner and I don't know what I had really expected but she was super young, really gorgeous, very vibrant. She just had this energy about her and this confidence and I just looked at her and I thought, wow, you own this. Like, how cool. And You can tell when somebody just lives and breathes their passion, and I thought it was really incredible that she had made it her brand. So we sat down and started to talk, and a lot of things started lining up. She said she had consumed or watched some of my social media, and she thought it was really awesome that I had... This passion that was really evident and she really liked that I like to educate people and she had gone to the same beauty college I had gone skyline and so we had that in common and so we really hit it off our energy was really compatible and she asked me if I would come back the next day to do a test facial I was super nervous for this because I wasn't doing consistent facials at Credo. I'd been in the treatment room a little bit, but it was so sporadic. I felt like I was kind of getting out of practice and I wasn't sure if I could quite remember every little move that I had learned in SD school. So I was nervous and fearful, but I did it anyway. We set up the Test facial. So I came back and I gave my boss this facial, and I thought I had done a pretty good job. I'd stayed up late memorizing all the steps again. I'd practice on my sister, and I thought I'd given a pretty, a pretty decent facial. <laughs> we ended the facial, and my boss was like, "Okay, I can tell you you're very green." I was a little put off by that. Um, And she told me she had never hired somebody as inexperienced as me. But she said she saw something in me. She saw potential. And she said the things I needed to learn to get where I wanted to be could be taught. But she said, what I can feel is that you're really timid. And I want you to express your passion through your hands. I don't want to feel that you're shy to touch someone's face because that's the worst thing for a client to feel in the world. I want to feel that you're confident. And I had never heard that before. It's not something you learn in school um, to, you know, let your passion flow through your fingers and, you know, to make it almost like a dance. So... I was kind of blown away by that. But I was really grateful that she saw something in me and she wanted to take a chance on me. And she did. And I was really, really lucky to have that. And I think it just goes to show a lot of times you can be a little bit out of your league when you're applying to jobs. You might be the underdog. There might be someone else in the mix who has more experience than you. But I think there's something intriguing about vulnerability and somebody taking a risk on something they really love. So I'm really grateful my boss recognized that in me. And I just hope that encourages you to share in your passion, whether it's online or in your interviews, let them know why you're doing it and that you, that you truly love it and why you want to work there specifically. Set your intention and go out and pursue it because people can feel it. Your clients can feel it. Your potential hiring managers, they can feel it. So just be your authentic self. Don't let fear stand in the way of your future. You don't want to give it the power over you to... Deter you from things that could be for your highest good. So that is where I am now. I'm at Dermaplus, and I'm I'm really, really loving it. And I have some very special clients. Everyone is everyone is special that I work with. But um, I'm really grateful to have a lot of regulars that seem to understand my heart and why I do what I do and who have been able to see the results that really great professional product and good facial technique can have on the skin it's not just something fluffy and superficial it's really for their health and luckily enough it has some amazing benefits for your soul and your spirit as well. So you really have the potential to change people's lives. And I think I am actual proof of that. Somebody changed my life by just giving me a facial. So never forget that. it It's really something special. So thank you guys for listening. That is where I am now. So I'll end the podcast here, but I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen and hear the second part of my story. So do let me know if there are things you want to hear about in upcoming episodes. I hope this helped give you a little bit of a greater understanding of me and why I do what I do. And you guys are absolutely included in that. I love my job so much and being able to share it is what really elevates it for me. I think being, being able to share in your passion is what makes it really powerful. And it's something that's bigger than myself and gives me a greater sense of purpose beyond my physical body. So I love you guys so much. And I really appreciate you listening, taking the time. And that's it. I will end it here and speak to you in the next one. Bye.